0: Welcome to the Straight to the Point podcast. Hi, my name is Beau Crable. I am an Amazon seller, investor, and I've been lucky enough to be mentored by several millionaire business icons at a very young age. And I took action on their advice. This podcast is all about providing you with the right knowledge to succeed in the online retail business and to grow your personal wealth to your maximized potential. Let's get right into it. Welcome to another episode of Straight to the Point with Bo Crable, where I give you actionable advice on how to actually build a successful Amazon business. And in this episode, I'm going to be going over on how to build a world-class Amazon business. And it's not be about like how to start your business, not how to, you know, just get the ground floor going. It's more about how to grow and get to a professional level and really about the foundation to build, because you want to get to the point where the only variable you need to do to grow is simply just pour more money into it. So at the end of this episode, I will talk about how to get funding and the best ways to do so. So the first thing I want to talk about that's going to be really crucial for your ground floor foundation is understanding and using virtual assistants. So what is a virtual assistant? I'll use the word VAs for the rest of this episode, so I don't have to repeat the word virtual assistant so much, but is an employee that is outsourced typically in other countries, Usually, the Philippines is where a lot of e-commerce VAs are located, and there's a couple benefits for them. The biggest reasons why I use VAs is because not just because it's super cheap, but the high-quality education that many VAs have in a technology-rich world. So a lot of VAs in the Philippines are very, very advanced with technology. They've um, coded in their life. They went through school, have college degrees, and are very, very well advanced with social media and tech stuff sometimes a lot more than typical employees in the United States. So that's one benefit is just the high quality work that you're getting. Uh, The second reason is it is really inexpensive. So because of the value of the US dollar and uh, cost of living in the Philippines, 4 to $5 an hour there is a very good wage for them. That's like equivalent to 25, 30 bucks an hour in the United States. So if you feel bad that you're paying a virtual assistant four or five bucks an hour, keep in mind that's like feeding their family and that's a way better job than what they would get over there in most places. Um, And the exchange rates work out. And a lot of huge companies do utilize virtual assistants um, for the same exact reasons, high quality work and overall cheap labor. So because the high quality work, and since they're very well advanced, there's many things that actually virtual assistants will probably be better than you at. So once you realize you're making any type of money in your business, I would highly suggest to just use a VA. Even if you break even for the first three months that you know what, you pay them 200 bucks, which you can give a lot of work I mean that's 50 hours um, for $200, you know, and if you just break even, well, maybe you save some time and now you're working other things. So keep that in mind. Just try to use VAs as soon as possible. So where to get VAs? What I like to do is go to onlinejobs.ph. If you're listening to this podcast episode on YouTube, I'll have links down below for onlinejobs.ph. Um, but it's a site where what I like about it is you're not having to... The, the owners of onlinejobs.ph, they're not making money off the back end of you hiring your VAs. I know a couple sites that I... You know, I see people use them quite a bit. They're more expensive. And the reason why they're more expensive is because you have some people who, you know, if you're paying a virtual assistant six bucks an hour, they're taking $2 an hour from the VA. What I like about onlinejobs.ph is they have you do a monthly fee, um, which you can actually cancel, is usually what I do. And you just pay the virtual assistants up front, just straight with them. There's no extra fees involved. So the VA gets what they're worth. And this is what I like to do on onlinejobs.ph is I like to go on there Post a job instead of like, because you can sort through resumes, which is fine. You can type in keywords like um, social media manager or um, Amazon account manager or or Amazon data analyst. You can search a bunch of e-commerce related things. Doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, even if you're running um, like a brick and mortar business, you can search accountant. Um, You can search like, you know, just miscellaneous office tasks. There's a lot of things you can do. WordPress, um, Google Sheets, anything that revolves to tech and data and things on the internet, there's probably a virtual assistant for it that can probably do it better than you. Um, So that's a good place to get it. I know a lot of people go to Free Up. I've never personally used them, Upwork, I've seen it before. I'm just very loyal to onlinejobs.ph, so uh, there's that. So now I wanna talk about a little bit, um, is you kinda wanna build your foundation off of virtual assistants. The only thing that I will caution you is just have a security place, a safe place to be able to actually store passwords um, I've used things called like LastPass. There's other apps I've used as well to store my passwords. But the biggest thing is you do need to have trust with your virtual assistant. I actually have a very pretty scary story about virtual assistants. I had um someone who, you know, he knew of me on YouTube, because I'm out here in the public, so this probably issue won't happen to you. Um, but they knew I use onlinejobs.ph for virtual assistants. And what actually happened is the person like somehow found a VA that I happened to fire because they weren't too good. And they were able to pay off my VA for like 200 bucks to get my login details. So I saw a notification like a couple or like a year and a half ago that, Hey, someone from Arkansas just logged into your merchant account and, all, and your email I was like, Oh, interesting. And then they download everything, but they didn't do anything harm. I don't know what they're doing, but so do be cautious of that have some type of security place where you can store passwords or share them securely um, try to use account management. So I like can Amazon, you can add a user and user permissions. I would do that. If you have to use certain tools and softwares like Keepa, um, or my analyzer tool, maybe think about getting a second subscription, um, because that just for security and also some of those tools don't allow you to have a second user. So there's that you want to pretty much build off, um, that, With virtual assistants. So a lot of tasks that you waste time on have VA's do that So what do you want to get to the point is where all that you're doing is you're focusing on tasks that make you money every single day? Or for the long term so with me I have four people that are sourcing out products for me every single day I hope that in six months from now. I have eight. I hope that in a year from now I have 16 the reasons why about a year ago I was doing everything myself Um, I was building a very solid class, world-class Amazon business. However, if I happen to get sick, if I for some random reason got hit by a bus, the business would be nothing. So ask yourself right now, for you to be able to build a world-class Amazon business, if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, can you run your business? If the answer is no, that's probably not good. So obviously at the start, you're gonna have to do things yourself. You have to put into work mode, hustle mode, overtime, get that going. And then you wanna figure out what's making you the most amount of money. In my business, what makes me the most amount of money is creating relationships with suppliers. So someone else in my company, all he does all day is just call up wholesalers, distributors, and manufacturers. For a month straight, I just had this one person, all he would do is just call up new accounts until we got to the point where, okay, we can go take on insane amounts of money, which I'll talk about funding later, and we have all the products in the world. So delegate task. Um, make sure you're only working on profitable, high level tasks. You should not be managing the buy box prices. You may think that's a very high level task. Oh, I need to make sure I'm staying at the right profitable amount. When you have a couple hundred products into your store, a few hundred, even a thousand, it's not possible for you to go run your entire business and checking out the buy box prices. If you get to the point where you're wasting time on checking out the buy box prices, that means you're probably making enough money in your business to go do that. That leads me to the next point is you do want to take the plunge and hire at some point because I realize so many people, they're like, oh, I mean, why would I want to go pay someone a couple hundred bucks a month? Why want to go pay someone $2,000 per month when I go do the task myself and maybe even do it better? So this leads to the next point is that you must train, you must, must train your employees, your staff, Um, have them go through so much education. Keep in mind that like I look now as hiring and outsourcing as investing. Now I see, okay, I'm making this investment with this person. You know, I may spend $9,000 in, let's say, a three month period, paying $3,000 per month. And you know what? I'll probably not get $9,000 back. But what about in six months from now? Are they paying for themselves double? And are they saving me time? You need to start to look like that. So now the last thing I wanna talk about is how to keep those motivated. Um, I learned this from my buddy, Jonathan, who has a very successful Amazon business. He's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars of profit per month. And I spent some time with him in Japan. And it was very interesting when I met up with him. At at this time I met up with him in Japan, I was very diversified in my business. I was putting a, a lot of eggs in different baskets and I was doing a bunch of different investments. I was selling on Amazon doing 101 different things. And he was like, wow, dude, you have so many things going on. Have you ever thought about just doubling down on what's getting the most of my results and just scale and not have to worry about all these things? I was like, oh, that's a pretty good point. Um, And then at the same time, Jonathan, he actually was a little kind of talking to me about how he sees that I have no fear, that I just take action just so quickly on things. And he says, that's the number one thing that was stopping him back that he would just always have so much fear with everything he does and just holds him back. He got a huge debt at one point. um, And then it was like, okay. And so then we kind of connected. I convinced him to stop having so so much fear and just do it. And then he convinced me to be a little less diversified. So with that, um, Jonathan was kind of sharing me because I told him the reason why I'm so diversified is because I have so many people that I just don't trust and I don't have a, a good team on me. I don't have a lot of good employees. And he's like, okay, I want you to start doing this. And it fits for a certain amount of people for like skill, not necessarily skill positions, um, but what I like to do now, sometimes when I hire with some people will happen. Sometimes I kind of figure out why they want to do something. Like what is their ideal thing they want to do? Where do they want to see themselves financially? Um, Where do they want to see themselves with a family? Where do they want to see themselves working? So I think it's really smart to ask your employees that and also figure out what they're motivated by. Um, I know for example, I have an employee down in uh, Puerto Rico and he just sources products out all day long. And that's pretty much all he does. He does what I used to do and does, does for ourself. He calls up our suppliers. Um, he researches the deals and his entire goal is like, you know what? You make sure that these are your set uh, suppliers that you work with. Make sure that we don't miss out on any deals from that. And now, I mean... Within two and a half months, he was paying for himself and a huge, huge asset for us. And he's amazing. And I want to make sure he's always motivated. And I know he was really big into gaming and um, really likes monitors and certain things. So I bought him probably the coolest monitor you can think of as like a 49-inch like Samsung curve monitor. I sent that to him and he's like, oh my God, he literally felt like it was Christmas going on. So with him, he was motivated by that. Um, Some people are just directly motivated by money, which I think is a great thing to do. A small little tip for you is if you do hire a virtual assistant, there's kind of a expectation that if the VA did a good job, you're supposed to pay them for the 13th month, which is just in the Philippines, you pay an extra month's salary during the holiday season just for like appreciation. So do that as well. Some people can be motivated by money. Some people can be motivated just by, you know, materialistic things. Some people just motivated by friendships, whatever it is. Okay. So figure that out for your employees and definitely reward them for that. And those employees can be virtual assistants. So now the last thing I wanna talk about is funding. Um, if you actually watched my videos for probably a couple of years ago, get on some live streams, people would ask me, Bo, do you think I should borrow, um, I have an opportunity to go borrow money like at 13%, at 15%, at 9%, 8%? Uh, and I, I'm making money in my business, do you think I should go like, borrow money? I'm like, I'm not a- against, and I would always say I'm not against borrowing money, I think it's potentially could be good, but I think you should definitely try to use your own money as much as you can. And now as I've progressed my education, the reason why I'm doing these podcasts, I've learned that, you know what, sometimes it's actually smarter to use other people's money. But again, I cautious this. You want to make sure you know what you're doing, that you have made money yourself. I do believe you should start with your own money in your e-commerce business, proof of concept, put more money into it. And then you're like, okay, I just need more money. Then start to get funding. So I actually had an event down in Vegas. It's a couple hundred people there. Um, and I had a guy who actually I actually have a really good relationship with now, who owns a funding company. And he was explaining about how, you know, Bo, if you, think, you look at this hotel, right? This hotel that we're in right now. Do you really think that the CEO of this hotel is paying for these carpets if a mistake happens? It's like, no, he's using other people's money. I mean, if you look at just, for example, any big company on the New York Stock Exchange, literally the reason why they're on the New York Stock Exchange was to get Access to more money and go borrow it and use for their business. So this is where it kind of comes down to also for building a world-class business is you need a plan, you need to understand what's making your profits, what's your ROI. Um, get very secured on accounting, like know exactly what your profits are. So then you can know, okay, in six months, on average, for the past two years, I've gotten a 41% return investment. So then anything under that 41% in a six-month time period makes sense for me to go borrow. Because let's think about this. If you can, let's say borrow at called 9%, right? Um, I refer some people to a funding source, which I'm not gonna go over right now. I share it in my course on a funding source that's pretty much about 9%. And people, I see people get over 100K for it, but it's usually around you know, like 40 to $70,000 people can get. Um, I don't know the exact amount, depends off our credit. But imagine if you borrow at 9% for a year and you go make 100% on your money. So you can look at that like, oh, man, I only made 91%, but you realize that you could also take the money that you did have in your account that you did own and put into other assets because it's maybe you found another business or other products or you found other investments that you can also utilize as well. So now you're making a dollar work twice. Now, one dollar you're paying 9% on, but you're able to go utilize and make more money with it. So... Overall, if um, you don't have access to an insane amount of capital, but you've proof a concept, you got all the habits in place, you have a team, and you just need to put fuel to the fire, funding could be a very good option, especially if you're trying to make this professional. I know a lot of people struggle with um, trying to go full-time in their Amazon business because they have expenses, right? Let's think about it. If you have a mortgage, let's say it's $2,000, how much sales on Amazon do you need to do? How much money do you need to invest in inventory to make an extra $2,000 a profit? Because if you have to take $2,000 out every single month for whatever expenses that you think you need to do so, well, that's a couple hundred that's thousand. It's like an extra $10,000 in sales that you have to do extra now. That's why I tell people like, you know, I see Amazon sellers with huge warehouses and, you know, I'm not going to use prep centers because I don't trust these or I'm not going to ship direct to Amazon because I don't trust it. So then they go get a warehouse for $5,000 a month. Let's think about it. If you're making a 10% return on your investment, you literally need to do an extra $50,000 in sales to make that extra $5,000 of profit because of your warehouse. So is your warehouse going to produce you an extra $50,000 in gross sales? I don't know. Is you having X, Y, and Z? Now, I think people can help you do that a lot more. Like I'm always willing to go save my time, invest into employees because it seems a lot more quicker and faster with that. So that's really about it. To recap this, Get some VAs, figure out what they're motivated by, delegate tasks, think about getting funding, and that's how you're going to grow a world-class Amazon business. Everything else with how to find the suppliers, how to contact vendors, what products sell best, you can learn that later. But if you really want to go to the next level, you're going full-time, whatever it is, you need to implement these. You need to grow a team. You need to get people motivated, get yourself motivated I don't even think motivation is a real thing, but what gets you inspired, what gets you going and think about funding if you can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. The feedback has just been tremendous so far. I'm loving it. And I'd love it if you just took the next 30 seconds of your time to do me a quick favor. Please go ahead and leave a five-star rating and drop your number one takeaway from this episode inside whatever podcast platform that you're using. This is really just like a virtual pat on the back for me to continue to keep pumping out free content. Thank you so much and see you on the next episode.